Welcome to the Home Hour. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Graham. And this podcast is the home ec class you wish you'd been offered. We're two moms aspiring to create gracious homes that are welcoming and functional, all while dealing with real life schedules, budgets, and children. Stick with us and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it. For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. You're listening to The Home Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. On today's episode, we're asking the question, can a home be minimalistic and yet cozy? We're getting some very practical advice about how to create houses that are warm and welcoming, yet functional and uncluttered. More style, less stuff. Plus, we'll chat about the trifecta of decorating, why everyone is hanging art wrong, the prettiest pool in North Carolina, and how we finally found a festival we're excited to attend. All that and more on this week's episode of The Home Hour. Welcome home. Welcome home, Graham. Welcome home, Kirsten. And welcome everyone to this cozy, cozy fall episode of The Home Hour. Get a mug of something, people. (laughs) It's such a mug day. I can't even stand it. Um, It is raining today. Mm. Wait, is it still raining in Arizona? Well, actually, no, that's a lie. It's rained for the last three days. Today is like just clouds and the mountains are all misted. I'm sorry. This is like a very, very big deal when you live in Phoenix. It's huge. And amazingly, it coincided with like putting out my fake fall leaves. Uh-huh. So it just felt like boom, boom. I mean, yesterday, I'm not even kidding. Can I describe my outfit to you? I wore like hunter rain boots and I wore a yellow raincoat that has like a hood and a belt. And someone at Office Max said, you look like the guy from the fish sticks, <laughs> which I don't know if it was a compliment or not, because everyone else was not dressed like it was a thunderstorm. But I was right. I love that guy. Well, it's like, you know how there's a really big tornado or hurricane coming and there's like a run on milk and bread? I kid you not, there was a run on pumpkin and gourds at uh, Trader Joe's yesterday. I got the last fall wreath at Trader Joe's. The last one. I had to pull it off the wall. There wasn't even a price tag on it. Like the last fall, like cinnamon No, broom. no. Not the cinnamon, cinnamon broom. broom buyer? No. I, what do you do with the cinnamon broom? No one knows, but they smell amazing. <laughs> no one knows. And also the pumpkins <laughs> on like a stick. Like stick o' pumpkins. Oh, I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. Yeah, those things are, they're amazing. You put them on your door or whatever. But so you think, so it's 90 odd degrees here. It's still hot. It's October. Um, but however, we've been in a drought because this is drought season in Alabama. But maybe four or five days ago, it poured for a full day. And I kid you not, like all I heard from were people saying like, come on over. I'm making a pot of chili. So <laughs> chili. Okay, we have to talk more about chili weather, about fall, about Trader Joe's, all we those are, things, have, but um, but first we have a sponsor. We we do. We have a cool sponsor, actually, a very fall-forward sponsor. We are sponsored today by Holly and Tanager. And what's cool about Holly and Tanager is they're co-founders, and they kind of searched for the perfect backpack tote to carry their items in in an organized manner. And if you know Graham, you know that I carried a backpack tote for many years in the 90s, but like I'm always looking for a backpack because as a mom, you need your hands. But what's cool about this I will say you do love a backpack. No, like I'm a nut for backpacks. I like, if I could carry a Jansport backpack every day, I would. But now I have Holly and Tanager's professional backpack to live up to the needs of my on-the-go, in-the-know, jet-setting, trend-setting, all-around extraordinary woman that I, woman that I am. And humble. So also what humble. is... <laughs> So what is this backpack tote? It actually is really cool. You guys need to go check it out online. Um, it's a professional backpack that actually converts into a, um, you know, kind of a regular, um, what do you call them? Like a like side a carry or crossbody. Pocket. 
yeah, like a crossbody bag. Um, but it's durable, heavyweight. Um, it's made with Italian leather. But the cool thing is, and I think the the real seller is that you can put in a 17 inch laptop, your iPad Pro, notebooks, snacks for the kids, tennis shoes that fit in a bottom compartment. So there's a separate compartment for like your dirty stuff, which I love because usually I just throw my stuff in. You can fit a wine bottle and a water bottle in there at the same time. A water bottle or a wine bottle, but that's that's your decision. <laughs> Emphasis. Yeah, exactly. Your gym clothes, a yoga mat. Like it's a good size bag, but you can make it a backpack if you need to and yeah. or you can make it a crossbody bag. Very, they're very stylish. Everybody. You really should go check out the website so you can get a better idea of how, how these things are, are very beautiful. They're not just functional. They're also beautiful. And in addition um, to just the everyday value, you will also get 15% off your first order as a home hour listener. So you're going to want to visit hollyandtanager.com slash the home hour and use the promo code the home hour at checkout. Again, it's hollyandtanager.com slash the home hour and use the promo code the home hour at checkout and you will get 15% off your first order. So go check them out. Thanks, Holly and Tanager for your sponsorship. Totally. What a deal. All right. Today on the show, we have Myla Quinn Smith, and she's known as The Nester. And she has just written a hot new book. By the way, Queen. (laughs) Um, It's it's like to be, I'm known as The Nester. Like, that's amazing. I know. Like, well, that's my whole thing, too. And I love Myla Quinn's like delightful to talk to. You just talk to her and you feel like you're her friend. But you know, my whole theory about like, you, there's some professions that like you actually have to like, get a degree in but then others you could just say you are i've talked about this for years right like if i just wanted tomorrow to say that i was an actress i could be one right there's nothing right but whereas like Like, we have a degree in podcasting like a a phd in podcasting we didn't just say one day (laughs) let's be podcasters this is like years of training I'm lying, right. by the way, in but case anyone that's can't. Cool. Like, <laughs> right. But like, we cannot be a doctor. We cannot be a lawyer. We have not been educated for any of those. Although I could say I'm a businesswoman because I do have an MBA. But that sounds a little stupid. <laughs> Wait, actually, that but was anyway. something I was thinking of this morning. The joke I forgot to tell you. So can I just tell you? <laughs> so parked right next to my pediatrician's office every all the time. He's always there. Is this Navy Porsche with red hubcaps nice. and... There's a lot of red tints on it, and it says the license plate is in biz. And I just always oh, want to say, what biz are you in to get a Navy Porsche? Like, it's amazing. <laughs> okay. Sorry. This is leading us down a rabbit hole. But um, so th- we listen to a lot of kids bop and a lot of kids plays live uh, on Didn't Sirius you see them and, live in content? And- Okay, well, we're going in a couple of weeks. They're making their way to Birmingham. We have tickets. But they have – so, like, the number three on the – I think it's the 13 under 30 is what they call it. The number three song on the charts right now is called What's Your Biz? And it's like, (laughs) it goes like, what's your biz? What's my biz? And then you say like, my biz is science or my biz is STEM or my biz is dance. And you say your biz. My biz is podcasting. Right. So it's that guy's biz is to drive Porsches that are obviously very flamboyant. And No, I mean, he's obviously done quite well. It's a lovely car. But what is the biz that he's in? I just always want to know. I must say, I do like Porsches with hubcap colors. That's very off the train, but we've never discussed that. I I actually, for all the things I don't like about like in your face cars, um, I kind of actually think it's a very nice look on a Porsche. All right, moving on. Myla Quinn. It's cozy. It's minimalist. It's the opposite of a Porsche with (laughs) 
tripped out hubcaps. <laughs> you don't know what she drives. That could be her car. She could be in the nesting yeah, that's true. biz. What if, oh, my God. What if Myla Quinn's car is the Porsche? <laughs> All right, you're just rolling your eyes, Myla Quinn. All right, here we go. Let's chat. It's a really good interview. There's lots of really great takeaways. Um, some really, honestly, we taped this a couple weeks ago, and I have thought about some of the things she said, and it's really impacted the way I'm thinking about my house. So I hope it does the same for you. Enjoy. Mike Lynn, you've written the book Cozy Minimalist Home, which is out recently and published by HarperCollins. And Cozy is a word that's really popular right now um, and has been popular for a while, but you're kind of the queen of cozy. And you also, when you think cozy, you don't think minimal, or at least I don't. I think like, I don't know, what are those things that grandmothers used to make to go on? Um, Afghans? Like, Doilies. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, but something to like cover everything, like a teapot cozy and, you know, a, a glass cozy. I think of lots of old linen things that like wrap around things Wait, to keep them com- warm. You're confusing and... cozy and cozy. No, I know what a cozy <laughs> What's your position on on koozies, first of all? Let's get to the bottom of the real story here. No, you don't see cozy and minimalist going together is I think, I think the point, right? But it like, yes, that's exactly what we want. Yes, you've nailed it. That is what I want. So you, so your book is an awesome juxtaposition. So I want you to explain a few things to us, Michael. And I want you to explain what Comey is and what Heige, am I saying it right? Heige? <laughs> Heige? It's, that sounds inappropriate as well. <laughs> right. Well, Comey is just short for cozy minimalist. And a cozy minimalist is a person who, when it comes to home, wants to get the most amount of style with the least amount of stuff. As far as the other word, H-Y-G-G-E, it is a Danish word. It's impossible to pronounce, especially for someone uh, from North Carolina like me. (laughs) There's a lot of mouth movements in it. So it's kind of like kuga or something similar. Uh, But that's more about cozy togetherness. It's kind of a way of life for the Danes. It involves lots of candles, burning wood in the fireplace, playing games together. But you can't do it unless you're doing it with other people. So it's kind of like... Cozy togetherness is the way of life for the Danish, especially in their long, cold winters. And I think that's something that a lot of us are drawn towards. Um, When we hear the word cozy, we like it. We're like, oh, unless you think of old grandmothers uh, sewing toaster covers. But I think for most of us, we, we want our home to be cozy. It feels like a happy word, something that we long for. It feels very inviting and warm. But then also, I think when we hear the word minimal, we, some of us have a negative, uh, thought when we hear that we're like oh it feels lacking or cold or something bad and not enough I don't want that but um, when you look at the real definition of minimal it means just enough to meet a goal and we get to decide what the goal is and so as a cozy minimalist cozy and minimal are two tools that we can use to help our house get the most amount of style with the least amount of stuff and be a warm inviting welcoming simple place for us and our You've guests. said that twice. The most amount of style with the least amount of stuff. That That's an awesome yeah. mantra. The most amount of style with the least amount of stuff. I like that. Isn't yes. that what we want? Because we want, it's not that we don't want style. Like we want style, but we don't want to have to do any more. I don't want to do have to do any more work than I need to. I don't want to pay for more stuff. I don't want to care for more stuff. I don't want to waste stuff. So we still want that style, but we have a threshold and we have and enough in an end point. That's brilliant because I think like this is a this is a big thing in my home that I really struggle with because you, you don't want you don't you don't want your house to look like 
Clutterfest, but you also don't want it to look like a model home that's perfect and every accessory was mm -hmm. perfect and there's not one out of, you know what I mean? Like you want it to have personality and sometimes personality and stuff kind of go together, but maybe less, maybe less personality. Is that, is that so what So how do you decide if we, if, if we have someone listening to the show right now and they're thinking, okay, well, I've got stuff. I call it tchotchkes. Um, that's what it was called in my, you know, knickknacks, bric-a-brac, tchotchkes. That's, that's a portion of it, I understand. But how do you kind of determine different people's internal stuff threshold? Because I'm sure, you know, my amount of tchotchkes is different from your amount. Right. Well, you know, part of decorating is it's it's fun, but it doesn't mean it's easy and it doesn't mean it's not any work. And part of our job as um, the keeper of our home, the curator of our home, is to start paying attention to how we live and how we best function in our home. And so part of figuring out what our stuff threshold is, is by paying attention. And I know like when I go to my mom's house, she can have a lot of stuff out on her kitchen counter and it's always spick and span clean. It doesn't stress her out. She always takes care of everything, but I have found when I keep my toaster out that I use like twice a week, when I have lots of decorative objects on my kitchen island, that is a magnet for more stuff. Like something happens internally and I'm just like, oh, I should pile more and more stuff on there. But when I keep it clear, then I'm able to keep my house like a little more under control. And so I found that my stuff threshold of stuff that's like visually sitting out, whether it's pretty, whether it's clutter, it doesn't matter what it is. Just my threshold for stuff is a lot lower than my mom's. And I'm okay with that. But like, what do you do with the stuff you've collected from your trips? I mean, I look around and I'm I'm not over cluttered, but at the same point in time, there's no way. I'm I'm just thinking, I have this like, feng shui compass that we picked up which everyone seems to think is a coaster so I don't know why I keep it out but like we picked it up and when we were traveling in Asia and you know we probably spent more money on it than we should have but we were stupid and young and we liked it and it was cool but that's a special piece right but then at the same point in time let's say I have 45 special pieces and I'm pretty young so what yes. do you do when you've got like special pieces that you know how do you get rid well, of them when everything is special, then nothing is special. When everything is important, then nothing is important. So mm. at some point, you will get to the point where, I mean, that is what a hoarder is. A hoarder has everything is special, everything has a future purpose, and everything is important. So you'll have to decide what your container can hold. Your container is your home. Your container is your room. Your container for that compass might be your coffee table. And so if you want that out, there's no right or wrong. Like there's no, oh, you should get rid of it or you shouldn't. But you will always be in decision making if it's worth having or if it's not. Now, I think a lot of times when it comes to home, we're not sure if we need to keep something or not because our house isn't done. And that's where I come in. Like I'm not a clutter or decluttering specialist. I'm a home decor specialist. And so I want to help you get your home looking the way you always have dreamed so you can mm -hmm. use it the way you've always dreamed. And part of that will be deciding whether you should keep that coaster or not. And a lot of times, or it's not a coaster, it's a compass. <laughs> um, I think it no, looks very much like a coaster. coaster. Yeah. What are we calling it? Okay. <laughs> so if, if your house, if your living room isn't done, then you're not in a place where you can decide if that fits in your living room. So you'll just keep it forever because you're not in a place where you can make that decision logically. So what I want to help you do is let's get your living room done and in a place where it's working for your family right now, then you will have the right brain space to decide if that is going to help your family room or your living room or wherever it is, or if it's going to hinder. So 
it enables you to decide once you get your house or your room cozy minimalized, you're in an honest place, your house is looking good, your room is looking good, and then you're like, oh, do I need to keep that? Is it special enough or is it worth maybe junking up or cluttering up my home for? Or maybe it's like, this is the perfect thing that my mantle is lacking, it needs to go right there. So it helps you be in the in the right place to be able to make those hard decisions. That's really smart. And it is a little bit of a chicken and the egg thing because like I'm not getting my house to where I want it because there's so much stuff. But yeah, I've got to yep. make those decisions. Okay, so let's talk about decorating then. Because um, you've got some really practical, like very obtainable, realistic. This is not like you're going to save for 10 years to do this. Like this is, let's do it. Let's do it. So let's talk about the yeah. trifecta. Rugs, drapes, and lighting. <laughs> yeah. Wait, do you think we should talk about furniture first, Kirsten? Because first you got to move your furniture. Oh, you're right. right? You're right. That you was step one, right? Is that lighting. step one? I love it. Well, it I think it's one. well, it's, it's one of so the cool. Steps. <laughs> but I yes. and you know what? I love your playfulness that surrounded furniture arrangement because it really was like out of the box. You almost need to hire two high school guys and be like, "Hey guys, I'm cozy minimalizing." And you come have to, to my house because you just. Right? I do. Yes, they come. They come with the yeah, house. Yeah, see, Graham's me. boys are like seven and five. They're not. They're not quite as useful. But we'll put them to work. Graham, child labor. Let's won't be long. Okay. Yeah. But so this furniture cool. arrangement. Teach us your ways. Well, I think when we think like, oh, okay, I'm gonna tackle my family room. I'm gonna make it serve our family and look the way I want. So the first thing we think is like, I have to go to the furniture store. No, 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 no. That is never where we start. There are so many steps that come before that. Um, so first, I think it is smart to say, I'm going to work in my family room. So we're not going to work in every room at our house, of our house at mm -hmm. the same time. We're going to start one room at a time, and you're going to like tell your family, hey, I'm going to be making some changes into the family room. It's going to look different. It may be weird. It may, you know, I may move things around. It's okay. You just warn everyone. Um, and then I want you to make a pin board. And so that is something that you're just going to go to Pinterest and pin rooms with the room you're working on in mind and that's going to give you lots of inspiration to look back at pinterest is such a useful tool if we know how to use it in the right way um, and you're going to pin like 20 30 40 different things that for whatever reason when you have that room in mind these images feel right to you you don't have to explain why it doesn't mean you're going to copy and go get that rug it just means this feels like what you like and then a few days later, when you look back at those, some stuff will start to communicate to you. You might realize, oh, I'm drawn to dark colors, or oh, a leather sofa needs to be in my life because every one of these has a leather sofa. Um, but there'll be other things that we'll look back at those over time that you might notice, like there's not as much art on the walls as, as maybe I have, or every one of these has pattern drapes. There's just some little things that might come to light that happen um, when we just focus on things that we like and images that we like and don't have to explain why. So a Pinterest board is really, really important for this process. Um, and then, yeah, we're going to get in that room. And the first thing we're going to do is we're going to quiet it down. Because when you have a room full of stuff, everything in your room has a voice, then it's really loud. So we're going to take as many things out of that room as you can. So if it's your family room, you don't have to get the TV out. You don't have to take the sofa out. But all those keys. You're going to take mm -hmm. them out, put them in a basket, put them in a box in another room somewhere. So you're going to have two rooms that are kind of not perfect for a while. You're going to have one room that's holding all your extra stuff, and then you're going to have the room you're working in. So you're going to take out every plant, every piece of art, as much as you can. If you can take the drapes off the wall, I want you to do that. If you can roll up the rug, I want you to do that. What that does is it puts you kind of back at square one, and it helps the room 
talk to you. You can kind of listen to your space. And I want you to have it like that for a good 24 hours at least. The longer, the better. But it's also good for your family to kind of experience the room like that. A lot of times what happens is maybe your husband will be like, oh, my word, I forgot we never repaired whatever it is. Fill in the blank. My <laughs> husband will never say that. Um, well, you, and you never and then I really, <laughs> and then, I, then I'm thinking about mine. My, my five-year-old will say, mom, finally, you made a room for me to scoot around in. Yes. Kids and animals will love it. <laughs> like, it's exactly cozy. Like, I'm just going to use this for my riding toys. <laughs> it's so true. Yes. Let everyone enjoy it. But it will help you see the things that you love about the room that maybe you've been covering up, maybe mm -hmm. temporary fixes that need to be addressed. Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of good things that happen when you quiet a space. And then from there, you're going to make sure your furniture is all in the right place. So we're going to get your big pieces and we're going to try them in every part of the room just to make sure, I mean, they might already be in the perfect place, but maybe based on how your family is going to use that room in the next couple of years and what your family looks right looks like right now and the items that you have, there might be a better place for your sofa, for your TV, for the bookshelves. And that's what the next step is all about, is just finding the right place for the stuff that you already have. Well, and I like in your book, Cozy Minimalist Home, you also like you would take just an armchair with a little side table and you'd kind of put try the side table like one would think you would put them directly next to each other. But I saw a picture in the book where it even kind of had one that was slightly off centered and askew. Right. And it was just a completely new way to look at furniture placement as far as, you know, the traditional ways that we think kind of design goes. Um, you know, you can really just in this is your time to play. Yes, you're in the privacy of your own home. Your mother-in-law is not watching. No one's going to laugh. And it's also a great time to kind of look back at those Pinterest pictures, if, especially if you're like kind of stuck, like, oh, does my sofa need to go against the wall? Well, then you can look back at those photos, see beautiful rooms, and, and realize, oh, a lot of sofas aren't against the wall, or maybe they're up against the wall but moved away six inches. So it will help inspire you because the goal is to try everything in all different places to see what the best fit is. It's really fun. It, it is fun. We we went crazy, and I moved my desk into my living room, and everyone said that was nutty. But I, I, you know, everyone talks about it. You shouldn't be doing work before you go to sleep, and you shouldn't really have your desk and all of your to do lists by your bed, or you won't sleep as well. And I really took it to heart, and I set up a little mini office in my living room, and everyone just thought it was the worst idea. It has made me so <laughs> happy, and now my bedroom is this calm, lovely place. It really did make a difference, and we didn't buy anything. We did repaint it, and we did put some fun new, um, fun new drawer pulls on it. But it really needed it anyway, you know. Um, but yeah, we didn't have to buy anything else. We just moved around our stuff, and it functions so much better. But you're right; it's like you have to ask permission to do that, and you don't. Or we're gonna give it to you now. Myla Quinn's giving you permission. We're, uh, we're allowed. <laughs> permission granted. <laughs> uh, yes, I love that. All right, ladies and gentlemen. We know there's a gentleman out there somewhere. We're going to take a quick moment because we have a wonderful sponsor, and they're actually in the art sphere. But Myla Quinn, in a few minutes, is going to get back and talk to us about art, about properly sizing our art, about how art should be hung on our walls. Oh, so yeah. She's going to have lots of good tips. Lots of good tips coming up in a, in a few seconds. 
Yeah, and this is cool. We've partnered with Bumble Jacks. And for those of you who haven't heard of Bumble Jacks before, as you know, Kirsten and I love art on our walls. We're always looking for something unique that nobody else has. And that's why we're pretty glad that we found Bumble Jacks. And what they do is they take your digital photos and or they have they have a large gallery of other photos, but they can transform them into kind of large gallery quality art with different materials like acrylic, bamboo, raw aluminum, birch. And what it does is takes your face favorite picture and turns it into a large statement piece. And what's also cool about it is that Bumblejacks creates frameless uh, floating wall art with your digital photos. So it's kind of a cool, I mean, I have these in my house. They're pretty neat. Um, It's just, it's a cool look. They even have like kind of acrylic photo blocks if you want to get one as a gift and give it to somebody else that can do stand-up displays, you know, if you wanted to put one on a table or out somewhere. So you can use your own photos or you could choose from millions of images on the Bumblejacks website. And it's just another like, it's another bit in your decor arsenal, I would say. Yeah, because it's really, it really, they're really unique. You've got to go to the website and check it out. So again, the website is Bumblejacks, um, B-U-M-B-L-E Jacks, and they have a special offer with our for our listeners. We're going to use the promo code the Home Hour, and you will get twenty five percent off your Bumblejacks order. But here is the thing: I know we're feeling cozy. I know we're sitting on our couch, and we already called this as a mug day. You cannot wait because this offer ends October thirty first. And that's Halloween. And so you're going to be very busy. So really right now, I would go to bumblejacks.com and use the promo code the home hour. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of talking about Christmas gifts coming up pretty soon. I would just use this code right now and do an amazing gift for someone you love. Thank you, Bumblejacks. All right. So now Kirsten, rugs, drapes, and lighting, kind rugs, of the trifecta. We got to hear Tips, about tricks. It. So we've moved the furniture. We've taken the tchotchkes out. Yep. We're feeling so cozy. Yep, your room has the furniture in the right place that works for your family. The next thing to do, we're always tempted to like, I'm going to hang the art now because my walls are so empty. No, remember all the art is gone because when we leave art on our walls, we think we have to center furniture on it. Art is not going to be the boss of us. We can rehang art, but your, your sofa needs to be in the right place. So the next step is rugs, drapes, and lighting. Look down at your sofa, at your chair, at the things in your room, and you want a rug that at least the front feet of everything can be touching. Most of America buys rugs that are too small. So most of us need something bigger than an 8x5 in our family room. We want a large rug. It will bring the whole room together. And that is a cozy minimalist dream because a rug brings style. And our goal is the most amount of style with the least amount of stuff. And think about how much a rug doesn't really take up any room. It takes up like a half an inch and that's it. Mm-hmm. It's not taking up like space in your house. And so you can get a lot of style with that rug. They're going to be your best friend. And it adds so much coziness without, you know, 10,000 little tchotchkes. So number one is a rug. Number two is drapes. And we want those drapes to be hung correctly. Like so many of us, when we are looking at a home for sale, we walk in and we're like, oh, the natural light is beautiful. And then we come in and we hang our drapes over the windows and we never open them and we see like a sliver of light, the end. Well, that is the worst thing you can do to a home because we want to enjoy that natural light. So you want your drapes hung correctly, which is usually a little high, a little wider, so that the drapes are kind of draping over the wall. So unless you have custom drapes that are lined and, you know, weighted and all these beautiful things, they're really not meant, you know, your drapes from Target or Ikea are not meant to go in front of the window. They're meant to be decorative and go in front of the wall, which is fine. It's a beautiful way to frame a window. And then you get to take advantage of all that free natural light. 
So drapes are your next thing. And then last is lighting. So especially lamps. Most of us don't have enough lamps. We are forcing our overhead light to do the work of lamps. So at night we're trying to see, we're trying to read. You need a lamp at any spot where you're going to sit and read and they just add a lot of style if you get the right lamp. So a lamp with an interesting base can double, you get double points because you get lighting, which you're going to need, and then you get some style, which you're after, and you're going to have to use a lamp anyway. So if, you know, if your family room is dark, you probably need lamps at night and not turn on the overhead light. Plus overhead lights make us look old and yucky. So we want that beautiful filtered lamp light. We need you some Danish candles. You yeah. are speaking Graham's love language. Graham's yeah. joy in life, like part of her routine of waking up and going to sleep is turning on the lights, turning oh, off the lights. I she love is, that. She is the lamp queen. I love a lamp. Oh, man. I do. It's so, so true, though. Yeah. Once you see how much beauty they add, you're like, I can never give up lamps. Yeah. Lighting is crucial. And they, they're exactly what you said, too. They're double. They're double. But the only problem is, well, we got to figure out cords. Cords just drive me mad. Cords. Oh, yes. <laughs> what do you do? You can have them trimmed, though. You can take them to the lamp store. And I've have them heard it all before. Really, really short. I know. It's crazy. Okay. But. Can we talk about something that I thought was absolutely brilliant? Because... Because, again, what I really enjoyed about your book was it's a very real life. It is acknowledging that the things that happen on home makeover TV shows do not happen in real life, and we can't do everything at once. But you talked about something which, on the surface, doesn't sound like it's a good way to spend money or it's, you know, good long-term strategy, but it really is, which is, again, permission granted for the temporary fix. Yes. I loved that. There's a Yeah, there's a time and place to have a temporary fix, so... Um, if you know you're going to buy a sofa in a couple years, but maybe you have a new baby now, or you're going to wait till your kids aren't eating in the family room, something like that, but you hate your sofa, that means you need a temporary fix. So that could mean a slip cover or covering it with chenille throws. That's the time when it is very much worth it to have a temporary fix. And so a lot of times we don't want to move forward in our home because we're like, well, I can't get new floors for three years, so I'll do nothing. No, I don't want you to do that. I want you to use and love and enjoy your home. So meanwhile, while you're waiting on the floors, maybe buy a rug that you love, and that can be the temporary fix. And then guess what? You have a great rug. You can sell it. You can use it in another room. Maybe you'll still put it over the floor. So that's where temporary fixes can come into our lives and help us out. I like it. I like that a lot. So I want to buy things of quality, and I want to buy things that'll last forever, but sometimes... It's just not realistic. And what are you going to do? Wait 10 years before you ever have anyone over for dinner? Because right. <laughs> you've got to sometimes do that. And I like that you gave us permission for that. That was very helpful, I thought. One other thing you wrote about that I know is a big uh, sticking point for a lot of people is wall art. Wall art is tricky. It is tricky. And so when we talked about the trifecta, bringing in your rug straights and um, what was the other thing? Oh, lighting. Lighting. Notice that we didn't, we don't have wall art yet. So that would mean that your furniture is in the right place. You have rugs and drapes and lighting, which really your house is about 80% done when you have that or your space. If you're focusing on one room is about 80% done. Then it's time for wall art. So we don't do wall art until we hang our drapes because how we talked about sometimes your drapes cover up part of the wall. So that that kind of uh, leaves out part of the wall that you need to worry about putting some art on. It might change how your wall is centered or where your sofa is. So once you've got your furniture in the right place, then you hang your art and not until then. So you never want to move into a house and like hang the art first. I know it's so tempting because we want to get it out of our way 
but you always want to make sure you have your stuff in the right place. And then another tip I like to keep in mind with art is it's, it's tricky sometimes to figure out like what should go where. So you want to have art that is about two thirds the size of what it's hanging over. It's not an always, you know, hard and fast rule, but just in general, of course, I never measure. You don't need to do math for this. You just kind of eyeball it. Because if you have something that's way too little and then, and then you put it up there and what happens? You're like, well, I got to add something else. And before you know it, you have an accidental gallery wall, which gallery walls are fine when you plan on them. But a lot of us have an accidental wall because we keep adding more things because our art is too small. So for most of us, we need to buy a little bit larger artwork and then hang it over the things that are, you know, a little bit larger than what you, um, what your art is. And also you don't want to hang your art too high. So you don't want to look yes. like a piece of furniture in your art People, are like mad at each other. No joke. People hang their art. Like that's one of the first things I noticed way too <laughs> high. It's got to be. And honestly, like it's better if you're a shorter girl, like you almost want to hang your art for like a short girl. It's true. And I think the reason we hang it too high is because it's too small. And so we're like, Mm -hmm. well, it's too low. Well, that doesn't mean it's hung too low. It means your art is too small. It's in the wrong, it's in the wrong space. I know people mishang their art all the time. I don't go. (laughs) You personally offended by your art placement. No, well, you were talking about it. You were talking about the drapes too. I think there are a couple of these things that they're not rocket science. People have figured these out. Don't hang your drapes. Don't hang your art unless your computer is in front of you and you're looking at a picture of it on Pinterest. Because mm-hmm. these things, they sound so easy. And then and then it's like, wait, where, where does it go? Above the molding? Below the molding? But they <laughs> once you master the techniques that you're talking about, Michaelin, these things are easy. Yeah. Right? Like buy a rug, yes. make it big. Buy some art, yes. hang it low. Like buy yes. some lights, they should be, they should fit met your room. Like these are kind of decorating basics, I would say that just, you Absolutely. know, like hang your art last. Like those are, those are kind of things I feel like people who are key to design would like think of as, you know, good, good points to follow and good tips to follow. Yes. And this might well, be a regional thing, but there's a lot of new homes. I live in Phoenix. So there's a lot of new homes um, since it's sort of a newer state and new homes are huge. Like they're just, um, you mm. know like scale wise, like they're higher right. ceilings, they're bigger walls, and they're like bigger great rooms as opposed to smaller little rooms. And that's right. when yeah. you really need the big art and you need rugs to kind of separate a big space into little spaces. That's a good so point. Right. Just the changing style of homes and the architecture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they can true. still be cozy. Even. They still can. <laughs> yeah. And it's better to spend, um, you know, $100 on one large piece than $10 on you know, each on 12 pieces, like, well, that's more money, first of all, but even if you're spending the same amount of money, you're going to get more bang, more style, more impact with that one large piece. So you're saying go big or go home? Go yep. big to come home. How about that? Maybe that could Whoa. be actually. Whoa. <laughs> get a tattoo of that. Go there's, big to come there's home. There's been a couple things we should be trademarking in this episode. I like it. <laughs> Comey, more style, less stuff, and go bigger, come home. <laughs> go big to come home to i like that home. okay all right michael and uh, you are a treat and a treasure and we love your book um cozy minimalist home it is out it can be found everywhere that people breathe air um <laughs> well and... then also if to see some of these pictures and get a better feel for your home they can visit your blog which i know is huge and has all sorts of great tips and courses and um really inspirational pictures so go visit go visit michael's blog the nester Yes, thenester.com. And I also hang out on Instagram every day with like 
photos that won't make you feel bad about your own house. So that's as a nester. I love it. Is that your gorgeous pool in your backyard? I was confused by that. That is our pool. We bought a fixer-upper five years ago, and it had an old crappy pool, and that... we had to build a new pool, which my husband is in the pool building business, so, Oh, you know, okay, because, yeah, that it. pool is money, Michael, and uh... it's, it turned out great, but, yeah, it's, it's a DIY. Gorgeous. Like, my husband, my dad, my kids were in it. Like, we built it ourselves, but... Okay, so he is a pool like... builder. All right. Yeah, I knew so, something yeah, was yeah, going on. Job. Okay, so, like, the average Joe should not be building their own swimming pool. Let's just Probably put that Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got the equipment and, like, the knowledge and a partner and yes yeah I looked at that pool and I was like what are we the Hamptons this is like I mean I just want to like get a DJ and party on your pool deck in fact I will where are you in North Carolina specifically in my I'm favorite in, state yeah I'm in Midland we're right outside of Charlotte I invite people to my house every fall so we host Super a festival fun. I've got a thousand people that come every fall in my house and I love it it's the best day of the year and Kirsten what, that's what, what we need we need a called? festival oh I know well I'm not a big festival person but I could get I could get behind this festival what's it called again the the uh, called, the, nest the nest fest, fest? yeah <laughs> yes. and then we have 50 vendors amazing. Is amazing people are selling furniture they're selling like curated junkers and pickers and signs they make like we we have to turn down half like we get like 100 people to apply and we turn down half the people so we can only have 50 vendors because it's literally in my backyard we're on 12 acres uh we have food trucks we have singers we have 14 authors signing books so it's okay give us the date of this because some of our listeners are actually she just had one she might not have her new date kirsten (laughs) no No, it's it's october 23rd october 23rd yeah, wow. it's October 20th. No, it's October 20th. I'm so sorry. The book comes out October 23rd. <laughs> sorry. In case you can't tell, guys, we're taping this in September, so we don't know what the heck is going on. We're very okay. disorganized. But we're well, gonna, we have cozy homes. November. We, can, we can only do so much. We know how to make tapes. <laughs> we don't know how to keep a podcast schedule. We don't know how to keep a, a timeline. That's a lot. <laughs> thank you, Michael Code, for being here, and thank you for sharing our knowledge with your knowledge with our listeners. Um, good stuff in this book, and your blog's always great. So thanks for being on the home. Hour. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it.